Welcome to New Covenant Church. You are listening to this week's message with Senior Pastor Chris Valdez. Lord, our hearts are just full of thankfulness and gratitude this morning. Lord, all glory, all honor, all praise, all worship belongs to you and you alone, Lord. Uh, We could never earn anything. We could never deserve anything from you, Lord. Everything that you give, every gift, every good and perfect gift that you give from above is from your grace and your mercy and your boundless love. And all that we have to give is our gratitude, is our thankfulness, is our praise to you, Lord. And we give it to you this morning as a humble gift, as a humble sacrifice. All glory and honor and power to you and you alone. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, you may be seated. We are so glad that you are with us this morning. If you're a guest, welcome. I hope you got one of our gift bags on your way in. If not, you can pick one of those up on your way out. It just has a small gift from us, a little more information about the church. Uh, If you have any questions, we'd love to answer those those for you. but we are so glad that you are with us this morning. Well, this, uh, this morning's message is called Thanksgiving, Always Grateful. And this is a time of year that we, we celebrate Thanksgiving as a nation. Uh, you may or may not be aware, but it was in 1789 that President George Washington issued a proclamation that Thursday, November 26th of that year, would be a day of public Thanksgiving and prayer. And it would be 74 years later in 1863 that President Abraham Lincoln would issue another proclamation saying that all Americans should recognize the last Thursday of every November as a day of thanksgiving. Seven years after that, in 1870, uh, thanksgiving would become an official national holiday. What I want us to recognize is that both George Washington and Abraham Lincoln were very clear in their proclamations that this wasn't just a day to be thankful or grateful. It was a day specifically to be set aside as prayer and thanksgiving to God. As this thanksgiving has approached, the word that has kept coming to my mind and my heart has been the word gratitude. And I actually... Uh, had the words to this song uh, going on in my head, minus the, the gratitude part. And I can't, I can't specifically remember what they were, but the week leading up to this, and as I was preparing this message, and I was just like, what is that song? What is that song? And I was already working on this mes- message, and, and this heart of it leading toward gratitude. And so I typed in the words of the song that were in my head, and lo and behold, it was titled Gratitude. And that was that last song that we just sang. One of the things that I'm grateful for and thankful for is our worship team. Uh, and they, they seek the Lord. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. They always do a fantastic job, but they seek the Lord for the songs that we're going to sing every Sunday. Uh, I, I've mentioned it before, and I'll, I'll say it again. Like, Pat, whether it's Pastor Dell preaching or me preaching, we don't get together and say, okay, here's what I'm going to be preaching on, so I'd like you to sing this song and this song, um, you know, and make it line up. And I can't tell you how many times before I've gotten up here to preach that I'm sitting there in the praise and worship, and the, the thought that I have in my head is they just preach the sermon in worship. 
and we didn't, we didn't, <laughs> we didn't do that. We didn't, we didn't uh, set that up. What, what I've given them as direction is seek the Lord and do what he tells you to do. Whatever song, whatever uh, team that he tells you to put together. I've, I've said if, if, if God leads you to be one person on the piano and that's what he tells you to do, do it. There's nothing that says we, you know, we have to have a drummer and we have to have this and we have to have this. I just want you to hear the voice of God and do that. So, so I had that song in my head and um, I was just thinking, man, it would be so good if we played that on Sunday, you know, if that, you know, came together. And, but I didn't tell Evan, I didn't say anything about it. And um, they put their stuff in the, in the computer in advance and so we can look at the order of service. But so without talking to him, without saying anything, I was like, well, I'm just going to see, <laughs> you know, what, what's coming up. So I looked it up and lo and behold, there it is. And I was like, okay, God, look at that. You, you gave it to them, you gave it to me, you took care of it. And I didn't, you know, we still, we can still just leave it in your hands and trust you. And I'm so thankful for his his guiding and leading and his presence in that. Just one other quick worship testimony on that. Uh, so one time, uh, not that long ago, it was actually in the Revelation, not Revelation, uh, uh, golly, Revival. Yeah, thankfully. Somebody listened to, listened to me. <laughs> I wasn't listening to myself, apparently. In the Revival series that I was doing before, uh, before my sabbatical, um, in the middle of it, and I can't remember the reason, but in the middle of it, Pastor Darrell was going to preach one message. And one of our worship leaders uh, was leading that week, and she went to our worship pastor and was like, I don't, like, this doesn't fit. Because, you know, we were in a series, so she at least had that high level. And she's like, this, these are the songs God gave me, but it doesn't fit. And she's like, I don't know what to do. And he said, uh, well, Pastor Chris isn't preaching this Sunday. Pastor Darrell is, and it's a totally different thing, and it fit. You know, and so again, it's like God, God is leading that process and we're just, we're just so thankful for that. Um, I want to give you the definition of gratitude before we go further. Uh, one definition or part of the words that, that define gratitude would be pleasing and thankful. Gratitude is regarded as a feeling of appreciation by a recipient of another's kindness, gifts, help, favors, or other form of generosity to the giver of such gifts. Another way to say that a little more simple is gratitude is being appreciative or saying thank you to the one who has made you grateful. If we have been blessed enough to have our hearts and minds open to the fact that there is one God and one Father of all, one Creator of all things, and that this loving Father sent His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to this earth to to restore our relationship with Him, and that He loves us more than we could ever comprehend, If we have had these revelations of truth, then we can also realize that there has never been and never will be a more generous giver of gifts than God. And there is no one more worthy of our gratefulness and thankfulness than God. He pours out his kindness. He pours out gifts, blessings, help, favor, and love. There is no one that can outgive God. And our forefathers realized this and knew that we owe all of our thanksgiving, all of our gratitude to him. And because of that, they worked to set aside a day for us as a nation to give thanksgiving and gratitude to him. And I just encourage you as as you 
get closer to Thursday, to that day of Thanksgiving, that you keep in mind that the one that we owe the most gratitude to is our Heavenly Father. And that we would take time to pray and give Him thanksgiving for what He has done and is doing. Before I continue this message, I already, I already gave a little bit of things that I'm thankful and grateful for, talking about our worship team. But I want to say, uh, just share a little bit more of the things that I'm grateful for. And first of all, uh, I would like to say thank you to each of you that participated in our food drive this year to collect Thanksgiving meals for the Lampasas Mission. We were able to donate a total of 145 full family dinners. Yes, amen. It was over 1,740 pounds of food. And then in addition to that, we uh, donated enough money for them to purchase a ham or a turkey to go along with each one of those meals. Uh, and, and several other churches in the community participate with that. And they have the mission let me know that they have more meals than they've ever had of, of that people would come to get one. So it's around about 200, but they have well over that. So there won't be a single family in Lampasas County that who wants one that won't have a full Thanksgiving meal. But that's thankful to your generosity and the generosity of the other believers in our community. And we're just, I'm so thankful for that and thankful to be part of a community that is so generous. There was, just real quick, there was also a competition uh, here for ours um, between the youth and the children's ministry, uh, and the middle school and high school youth won that, uh, and Miss Amanda promised them that tonight uh, at, at youth this evening, if they had won, she was going to let them duct tape her to the wall. So, <laughs> so if you're in middle school or high school, that's tonight. She's also, uh, they're going to actually have a Thanksgiving meal with all the youth tonight. So if you're in middle school or high school tonight, 4.30 in NCC West, Thanksgiving meal and lots of duct tape, apparently. We'll see if we can get some pictures to share on that. Um, I'm also very thankful for Lance and Megan Brodsky and their family of three boys. If you haven't had a chance to meet them yet, I encourage you to. Um, I don't know if he's, he was in the first service. I don't know. Uh, oh, they're in. Yeah, he's over there in NCC West with the kids. Um, so Lance came on as our generation's pastor. So he is overseeing uh, basically from birth all the way through college. And we have different uh, directors of each of those areas. But he's overseeing all those to bring all those ministries together and lead them. And we are very excited about that. It's been uh, a person that we've been looking for for two or three years and just asking God uh, for that person. And uh, it, he didn't bring them in our timing. He brought them in his timing. And that's something we're going to talk about a little bit more when we get into the message. But God does things in his timing, and it's always worth the wait. Uh, and I just want to encourage you in that. If you feel like you're not getting the response you want or when you want, wait. It'll be worth it. And I, I could go on and on. Um, it's just amazing how if you would just take a few moments to recount the blessings in your life, how many there truly are. Uh, I'm so thankful for my wife, Candy, and my daughters, Abby and Allison, uh, our, our uh, other Teaching Pastor Daryl and Connie Themester, they've been part of this church for over 30 years. The, the mentorship they've provided to Candy and I uh, and the continued leadership they, they also provide to the church, our elders and their families. Uh, and then for all of you, each and every one of you, uh, I can't tell you how much gratitude I felt coming back from the sabbatical and being gone of just, this is home. You know, this is, this is where God brought us and, and I'm so thankful for that and I'll, I'll get into that a little bit more in a little bit, but I'm so thankful for this part of the body of Christ. While I was away, I visited, uh, five different 
churches, all part of the body of Christ. And it was a blessing at each one. And each one worshipped and, and proclaimed the, 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 the word of the Lord. Uh, and, and it was a blessing to be with them. But I was so thankful to be back home. And there's nowhere else that I would rather be. Uh, and so I'm just thankful for this body and what God's doing. I come every Sunday with an expectation of what he's going to do. And, and words can, can hardly express what God's been doing other than that we, uh, the elders and I, you know, as we talk about it or talk with our worship team about the only thing that we can say is he's just here. That the presence of God is here. Uh, we've had testimonies of people just saying, well, I don't know why, but just as, as we were worshiping, I was crying. And it wasn't tears of sadness. It was just like God's here. He's loving. He's just pouring out something that maybe I can't even put words to or describe. He's just here. And I know many of you have, have experienced that yourself. And, and like I said, we can't put words to that. And I'm not gonna, going to try to this morning. But I know that his presence is just here, that he is at work. And I am, I'm thankful for that. And it's not just here. He is at work in, in this city, in this state, in this nation, in this world. He is at work. And, and as, as I talk about what, what we're going to get into just in a moment in the message, you may think, well, we don't have a whole lot to be thankful for. We don't have a lot to be grateful for. But God's word has never returned void. Our, the word of God promises that everything that he has said is yes and amen. And he has not made a promise in my life uh, that he has not delivered on. Now, there's still some that I'm waiting on. And there was many that I questioned along the way, but he eventually delivered on them. And, and many times I doubted his word. I questioned. I thought maybe I'd messed it up, but he eventually delivered. So now all the ones that are pending, I'm like, it's just not time yet. It's just not time yet. And so as bleak as things may look, I just want to tell you, it's just not time yet. We know how it ends. We know that God is victorious, that in the end, Jesus Christ is still seated on the throne and every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That will happen. But we don't know what's going to go on between now and that day. But we can be grateful and thankful knowing that we have a God and Heavenly Father that does and He's in control and He's going to take care of all the details. So Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. The Amplified Version says, do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, in every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific requests known to God. Always be grateful, regardless of the circumstances. We can be thankful and offer our gratitude to God for what he is doing, has done, and will do in every circumstance and in every situation. In every circumstance, we can go to God in prayer with thanksgiving. That means the good things and the things that right now we may perceive as bad. We can talk to God about whatever is going on. We can lift our requests. We can lift our pain. We can lift our hurt. We can lift even our anger to God. We can lift our unforgiveness. Maybe we have unforgiveness to others around us, to family members, to, to co-workers, to to. Just anybody around that we were harboring unforgiveness toward. But we also can take our unforgiveness that we have for ourselves. 
That's something that God's been speaking to me recently about, just showing me things in my life that I haven't forgiven myself for. He's forgiven me. He had the grace and mercy for that, but I'm still holding it against myself. And he's big enough to take that. I can take every circumstance, every situation to him and say, God, I don't know what to do this. I, for some reason, I can't let this go. Will you help me let this go? We can be thankful that God loves us enough to take our burdens. He loves us enough to hear every heart cry. He cares about every detail of our life. Even in the midst of our pain, we can be thankful because the giver of life, the one that can heal every hurt and pain, desires to be the one to receive our hurt and pain. He desires that we allow him to bring healing to those areas. And that's something that we can be thankful for. That's something that we can be grateful for. Even if this morning you just think, I am in so much hurt and so much pain, Ask God to help you to get to the place that you can at least be thankful that he's there for you, that he's with you, and he wants to take it. If you have your Bible, turn to Genesis 25. We're going to get there in just a moment, and if you don't have your Bible, it'll be up on the screen. Real quick, one more thing I'm thankful for. I'm thankful that we're almost done with construction in this room. Uh, <laughs> we're close. If you're, if you're new, you may not realize it and think, hey, this is a pretty nice place, but they got some details that are un, unfinished. That's because we're just at the tail end of remodeling this, this whole room. Uh, we've got this here. Uh, I don't have a time frame, but eventually we're going to have three screens up here again. So it doesn't matter where you're sitting, you'll be able to see and read. Um, new sound booth. There's a couple minor details, but we're, we're really close. So hopefully, maybe by the end of the year or very early January, all that's going to be done. And, and I can take off the hard hat. Um, so yeah, we'll be, I'll be thrilled and thankful and grateful when that's, that's done. Well, it's, it's important that we don't overlook the blessings that God has given us or take his blessings for granted. It can be so easy to put our focus on the wrong things and lose sight of what's important. We're going to look at a, a biblical account this morning of someone who didn't see the value of God's blessing in his life. There's times that God has blessed us or promised a blessing to us, and we just don't realize it. Maybe we take it for granted. We don't recognize it. Uh, and and it's, it's not a good thing. And that's what happened uh, to this young man. In Genesis 25, 29, it says, Once when Jacob was cooking stew, Esau came. He came in from the field, and he was exhausted. And Esau said to Jacob, Let me eat some of that red stew, for I'm exhausted. And Jacob said, sell me your birthright now. Esau said, I'm about to die. Of what use is a birthright to me? And Jacob said, swear to me now. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. The message version reads, That's how Esau shrugged off his right as the firstborn. The Amplified Translation says, in this way, Esau scorned his birthright. And other translations say that Esau showed how little he thought of it or how little he valued his birthright and that he treated it as worthless. Esau was blessed by God. He was the firstborn in his family. And because of that, he should have received the blessing of the birthright. It was his 
The birthright included taking over the leadership role of the family when the father would pass away and also receiving a double portion of inheritance. It was such a special gift that God had set in place for a firstborn son, but Esau regarded it as worthless. So worthless he was willing to sell it to his brother for a bowl of stew. There's often blessings in our life that we don't realize as blessings. Sometimes we miss out on what God uh, is trying to bless us with due to our impatience. Or maybe we don't miss it entirely, but we complicate it because of our impatience. If you think about God's promise to Abraham, he, he came to Abraham and said, you will be a father of many nations. You will have a son. I even told him his name's going to be Isaac. And so Abraham was happy about that promise. He was excited, but then years go by. And more years go by. And so he and his wife, Sarah, and they were already old at the time of the promise. And they're just adding on year to year, thinking it was an impossible promise when he made it. Now it's even more impossible. So Sarah says, hey, why don't you sleep with my servant, Hagar? Maybe that's what God meant when he said that we would have a son. And so he's like, hey, good idea. We'll, We'll try that. And so they have Ishmael. Well, Ishmael wasn't the promise of God, and God told them very clearly that and said, you were supposed to wait. And thankfully, he still blessed them with Isaac. He still kept his promise. But you know what? That, that detour they took complicated things. They did something that God had told them not to do, and even though he still came through on his promise, they had a lot of difficulties. The world has had a lot of difficulties because of that, uh, I've got to help God out. I've got to help God fulfill his promise in my life. I have a testimony that I want to share this morning and parts of it I've shared with you before. And I'm thankful that my testimony lines up more with Abraham's than it does with Esau's. Uh, but when I was 13 years old, God uh, spoke to me and I was in a in a service and got a word and God spoke to me that he was calling me to ministry. And up to that point, I didn't even want to be in ministry. We've had family and parents and grandparents and a history of ministry. But my brother and I was like, that's not for us. We're going to do something else. And it wasn't that we didn't want a relationship with God. We just knew that's not what, you know, we don't want to be in ministry. But at the age of 13, when God called me, I, my desire changed. My heart changed. And then that's all that I wanted to do. But... I took God's promise and said, okay, how do I make that happen? And I started making plans and thinking in my head how, how soon it would happen, where I would go to Bible school, you know, all of those steps. And as I, you know, got through high school and was going to college, I had, I had a plan of how that was going to happen. And guess what? It didn't play out according to my plan. Nothing played out according to my plan. And year went by, and years went by, and more years went by, and it didn't happen. There was a, a period of time that I became a, a youth pastor, and, and Candy and I served in that role for a while. But And I thought, this is it. Like, this is the first part of that. I'll be in ministry for the rest of my life. Two and a half years later, I was back in IT, managing programming teams. And I was like, I thought you said... I thought you promised it. I knew that was the fulfillment of the promise. And now I'm back to where I started. I was like, God, this isn't what you promised me. 
And so during those years, I still tried to help them out and put myself in situations or places that I thought somebody's going to see me. They're going to see that I'm called to ministry and they'll, you know, they'll help me get to the place that God has for me. And the, the incident that came up was there was a church in our area in the panhandle that was looking for a pastor. Uh, and I thought, this is it. And, and some of the ministers that I was in relationship with in our church, they, they talked to me about it and they recommended to me. And we went and we interviewed and I preached and, and I thought, this is it. It was a senior pastor position. I was like, this is it. This is where God has called me. It's finally going to be time. And I prayed a prayer. And I prayed the same prayer coming here. I said, God, if it's not your will, though, I don't want it. I only want to go if it's your will. But I think in my mind, I was so certain it was. It was almost like a wink. Like, yeah, you know, I'm just putting that, you know, just because we're supposed to say that. But I know it's it. Well, lo and behold, they went another way and they ended up making one of their elders the senior pastor. Um, and I, I was pretty devastated because I knew that was the plan. That was that was God's purpose. But it didn't play out that way. And it would be another seven years after that before we would come here. And during those years and even the years before, there were times where I questioned the promise. I'd say, well, I must have messed something up. You know, I made a wrong decision. I did this wrong. You know, yes, maybe I, I know, God, that was your promise, but then I screwed it up so it's not anymore. You've got another plan for me now. And during that time, God would give words. Uh, I'd go, you know, receive prayer somebody, and they would say, you're where you're supposed to be. God just wants you to know you're where you're supposed to be. And my response was, in my heart was always, but I'm not where I want to be. This isn't where, you know, in my mind, this isn't where I'm supposed to be. But God had another plan. And after seven years, when he brought us here, and that last Sunday, all of this just was, was, was coming back to me. And I was just there, uh, just full of gratitude and thankfulness for what God's done, for what he brought about, for bringing us here. And, and what came to me last week, and that's where this all came from, and this idea of gratitude was that God had something so much better than what I realized was even out there. I had an idea, a thought of what it would be. And what, what he showed me is that I would have taken almost anything. I would have been happy with so much less. And what he, what he spoke to me basically was, if I'd have given it, you would have been happy with a crumb. If I'd have given it, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, you would have taken it and you'd have been like, this is enough. That's enough, God. Thank you. But he said, I had something so much better for you, but you had to wait. And thankfully, we waited. And he had just gave me this idea of, of, you know, I had appetizers and a steak dinner with all the trimmings and dessert and, you know, just this seven course meal but you had to wait. You had to get prepared. You had to get, you know, everything that you needed and you had to wait for that. And the waiting was horrible. Like I didn't enjoy the waiting. And so often we get stuck in that period of waiting. And so often we'll do what Abraham and Sarah did and say, God, we're going to help you out. And it just complicates things. And I'm God in his grace and mercy actually kept me from complicating things. I would have absolutely had the opportunity arose. You know, I would have probably done it. But by his grace and mercy, he didn't let the opportunity come. 
And, and that was the beginning of what he had promised. And like I said, there's, there's promise after promise. My wife and I have gotten prophetic words on ourselves, our daughters, our family that have not come to fruition yet. But we're putting our trust and our faith in God, knowing that he's going to make it happen. We have to be patient. We have to wait. And we're leaving it in his hands. God is the best giver. James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variation or shadow due to change. The Amplified Version reads, Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of lights, the Creator and Sustainer of the heavens, in whom there is no variation, no rising or setting or shadow cast by His turning, for He is perfect and never changes. Every gift, every good gift is from God. Every promise He makes is good. But we still live in a fallen world. That doesn't mean that that we're not going to have tragedies occur in our life and in our family's lives. We will have plenty of things happen that don't give us reason to be thankful or grateful for. You may be in one of those places this morning. And while it may be the most difficult, difficult thing in the world for you, I encourage you this morning to be thankful and grateful that you have a loving God that desires to receive that hurt and pain from you right now. In this moment, you can give it to Him. He is big enough. He loves you enough. One of the, the, things that he spoke to me while I was on sabbatical, is there is only one place in time that eternity and time intersect. You know, God, God lives in eternity. He's outside of time. We're living in time. But there is one place that those two things intersect, and that's right now. In this moment, you can encounter God. Although he's in eternity and we are in time, he says over and over and over throughout the Bible, I am with you. And the only place that he he can't be with you yesterday, he can't be with you tomorrow, but he can be with you right now. And he is, he is here and he is saying, give me that hurt. Give me that pain. Give me that joy. Give me whatever situation or circumstance you are in, in thanksgiving, and trust that I will be with you. And that I can heal you and redeem you and restore you. We're going to close with Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5. And this really reminds me of the last song that we sang, the gratitude song, because part of that is saying, come on my soul. I know there's something within me that can praise God. Come on. And he was encouraging himself to give God praise. And in Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5, that's what David is doing. He's in a place where he doesn't feel like giving God thanksgiving. But he's speaking to his own soul, encouraging his own soul to bless God. And he says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. 
David was encouraging his own soul himself in a moment of difficulty to remember what God had done and to remember how good God was, regardless of the circumstance or situation he found himself in that moment. Did you see all the reasons in those five verses to praise God? He's forgiven us or offered us a means to forgiveness through his son, Jesus Christ. He heals us. He redeems us. He loves us. And the Bible is full of promises of love and blessing and hope toward us. This is one small passage passage in the Bible, yet there's countless things for us to be thankful and grateful for. If you read the full word of God, you'll be overwhelmed by the amount of reasons that you have that you're blessed by a loving God and Father. And I love Psalm 3011, where David proclaims that God has turned his mourning into joy. His tears into dancing. God takes what we give him, our pain, our hurt, our mess. And he makes us whole again and heals us and gives us that. But it may not be right now. It may take time. But from this moment to the next moment to tomorrow to however many days God blesses you with. In that moment of pain, he promises he will be with you. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And he means it. But like the first verse we said, we read, we have to come to him with everything. With our joy, with our every good thing that's happened that we're thankful and grateful for. But also with every pain and hurt and sickness and disease and problem that we have in this broken, fallen world. And he says, I'll take it all. And return something better to you. But we may have to wait for it. Wait for it. You can trust him. He's faithful and just. To forgive us of all of our sins. To make us righteous in his son Jesus Christ. He's faithful. And I hope that all of us will remember this Thanksgiving day. To give our thanksgiving and gratitude to him and him alone. Will you bow your head with me as we close in prayer? Father, you are the God of all, the creator of all things. You sent your son, Jesus Christ, and said he is, he said, proclaiming your word about him, that he is the way, the truth and the life. And over and over and over, you promised that you would be with us. Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit, your presence would be with us in this moment. In this moment where time intersects eternity, that we would know that you are with us. And that we can give everything to you, every joy, every hurt, every triumph and every failure. Lord, we give it to you in prayer, knowing that you can make it better. And we do it from a heart of thanksgiving and gratitude. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. This week as the holiday season starts, you find yourself surrounded by friends and family and way too much food to eat. Be thankful. You're blessed. If this week you find yourself alone and discouraged, be thankful because you're right at the place you need to be to be still and know that I am God. And I have all your answers. I have everything that you need. 
bring you a life that you've always dreamed of, and He will do that. He is faithful. He will be with us in all things. Amen? A um, couple of quick announcements for you this week. Um, I didn't say this in first service. Men, men, men. If you're with your families this week, be an example of what being thankful is like. I want you to proclaim what you're thankful for to your family. Be a voice to your family. Be an example for those around you. You be the spiritual head of your household this week. I challenge you. Um, 18 to 26-year-old youth, young people, there's going to be a potluck Friendsgiving for you. If you're new to the area, if you're here from college, you're here with the Army, uh, the Skiles family would like to bless you with a Friendsgiving at their house out off on Aruna Road. The information is on our website and the church app as well. That's tomorrow, so it starts early. Uh, the church offices are going to be closed this Thursday and Friday in observance of Thanksgiving. And uh, when you leave today, if you'd like to talk to Pastor Chris, he's going to be outside the doors and to your right. Let me close in prayer this morning. Father God, thank you. You do bless us with every good thing. Father God, there would be nothing good in our lives if we didn't have you. So uh, we recognize you as the source for that. Lord, be with us this week. Let us be a voice of encouragement. Let us be ambassadors for your kingdom as we walk out our lives with extended friends and family. Lord, give us peace in our homes and give us thanksgiving in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you all for coming. Thank you for listening to this week's message. 